I got lost in the rainforest in northern New South Wales about 20 years ago, and I ended up um, I ended up in a riverbank, and it yep. was so dark I couldn't even see my hands in front of my eyes. Yep, yep. And suddenly I could see the whole area is lit up around me, and I see a little fairy like yep. that big herding a little unicorn into a hole below the tree. And I just go like this and I'm like, okay, I lost my mind. <laughs> I've lost it. I kind of shook my head a bit. It didn't go away. And I looked around and suddenly all these fairies are looking at me. What happened is because it was so dark, my yeah. eyes adjusted to the frequency of the fairies. Yeah, yeah. And so it's hard to walk away from an experience like that yeah. and say, was that something that I just made up? Yeah. It's hard yeah. because it was just, it was absolutely real. All right, keep your third third eyes open, strap yourselves in, lads, because today on the search, we're going on a trip. Today's guest is one of Australia's leading advocates for psychedelic substances. He's an author, researcher, podcast host, and he's the most famous for creating a special herb blend, a smokable DMT called Changa. He's the creator of Changa, right? Which is now a global phenomenon. Today, his main job is facilitating ay ayahuasca experiences for groups of people. And he joins us today in the studio to help explore, explore and expand our minds. Welcome to the studio. Welcome to the search, Julian Palmer. Thanks. How are you, brother? Thanks. I'm really well. Great to be here. Thank you. Hey, so let's let's right from the beginning, brother. You grew up in country Victoria. That's right. Yep. New Shepparton, New Benalla. Yep. How how did this come about getting into psychedelics? Well, I left school when I was 18 and I traveled to America and England and Europe and I was interested in out-of-body experiences Yeah. because my mum, she's told me she traveled out of body and I was never able to do it. But I, I thought I was interested in pursuing, you know, different states of consciousness Yeah. and I managed to get some LSD in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, yeah, and I took 400 micrograms, just four tabs, on a bus. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. What <laughs> on a bus between San Francisco and LA? Yeah, and I was really, really in it. And I thought I'd see <laughs> Lucy in the Sky, diamonds, and yellow submarines. And it wasn't like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. time and space shifted and, you know, everything looked hyper real and distorted and weird. And, oh, really? and then, yeah, I, I explored LSD a bit more when I went to England when I was 18. And yeah. I kind of blew my head off a bit with some those higher doses around 400 micrograms. Yeah. And then um, it took me a while to integrate those experiences until I was about 20, 22 and I took LSD again and then I had another experience. It took me six months to integrate it. Like I was, What do you mean by that, integrate it? Well, I wasn't grounded. Yeah. I was kind of spacey. Uh, you know, some people had to look after me for a few months because I couldn't oh. really cook for myself. So integrate it means essentially come back into reality yeah. with that experience. Yeah, and make sense of it. 
because I think that it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you get spacey and you that you explore all this space and then you've got to realize what that space is because, you know, your mind was there yeah. and then suddenly your mind is here and, and you're in this new space and you're really spacey and you've got to bring yourself back. So it was a little bit full like on. that. Absolutely full on. Is that on. scary? In a way, uh, but that was, sounds scary. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a little bit disconcerting. I, I thought, how am I just going to be a bit really a Forever. bit spacey yeah. and out there? Yeah, and that can happen. Some people don't come back, like Sid Barrett from, uh, you know, I think Pink Floyd. I mean, yeah. he he ended up in the mental hospital. So I think LSD can be quite dangerous. You yeah. know, some people can actually have difficulty really integrating that. So what you're saying essentially is that old saying stuck in a trip. So that's what. So people take trips; they're disassociated, hmm. and they're stuck that way. Well, I think LSD in particular yeah. can really bring people into a state yeah. that they might they might find really difficult to integrate. Yeah. And I think, say, magic mushrooms and ayahuasca and mescaline from the cactus, all the natural yeah. psychedelics, you don't really get that. All oh, right. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's just particularly With LSD. LSD. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's something about LSD which is kind of a little bit synthetic. Yeah. It's not totally synthetic because it's made from the ergot, yeah. from the rye fungus. But basically... I think with LSD can be a bit dangerous yeah. and it's made by, um, you know, it's made, um, you know, on the black market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it was made by pharmaceutical companies, like totally yeah, yeah, pure yeah. would be, it'd be, be different, totally yeah, different. Yeah, different so. So what happened with the lad from Pink Floyd? I love Pink Floyd, by the uh, way. Sid Barrett. Yeah. yeah. He ended up in the mental hospital no and, he, and, he, and, he, and he died. Oh, he died? He, he, I think he died. Maybe uh, in the eighties. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he 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 was the. Uh, they wrote the song "Shine on You Crazy Diamond." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the song "Comfortably Numb." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. song. It's about heroin addiction. I think <laughs> I always love that song. Yeah, geez. So we, you know, you're saying um, your your experiences is because you saying um, you first seen it when your mum traveled out of body. Yeah. Um, do you mean that as in the sense like taking substances through that experimenting? Well, or? I think my mum telling me that inspired me yeah. to realise that there was something else out there. Some possibility Some out possibility. there, right? And when I took LSD, I began to see that possibility yeah. and I was interested in it. And so I think, um, you know, in my early 20s, I kept exploring and I yeah. integrated these really powerful experiences and I got back on the horse yeah. and I kept doing it and I found – I found as I did it, I went deeper and deeper and I learned more and I found it fulfilling and interesting. And I was working in IT and web design and yeah. and my boss married an Icelandic woman and got married and moved yeah. to Iceland. And so I was out of a job. And so I found myself taking psychedelics as a full-time job in year 2000. Really? And uh, I haven't really stopped. Yeah. What, what, do, you, <laughs> what, do, what do you class as psychedelics? They the drugs that you mentioned, um, mushrooms. Yep. Um, synthetic drugs as well. Is there some well, of these? Well, there can be. There's like less common these days because yeah. China used to be able to pump out legally a lot of these compounds, like uh, DOC, some of the N bombs, for example. Yeah which are quite dangerous because if you take a few of them, you can really overdose. Really? 
you know, they can very cheaply put them on paper because they're active yeah, at yeah. like 100 micrograms, which is like very, very small amount. And if you take five of those, unlike LSD, you take five of them and, uh, you know, they're quite dangerous. So a lot of the synthetics, synthetic psychedelics, I would generally say to people, look, they're just research chemicals. Yeah. Like you're researching, experimenting on your own body. Whereas psychedelics like magic mushrooms, cactus, ayahuasca, they have a tradition. Yeah. Native people been using them for thousands of years. So if I was to ask you, what, what exactly would you, in your own words, say a psychedelic is? Well, I think psychedelic means mind manifesting. Um, and so I don't think it's actually a really such a good word. Yeah. And I think it came about in the early 1960s, someone invented it. Yeah. So other people have created the word called entheogen, really? which means entheogen. finding the God within. Yeah. Um, so some people use that word because psychedelic kind of references the sixties and the psychedelic culture of the sixties. And I think it's beyond that. Yeah. Entheogen is a little bit, a little bit serious because it's not always about finding the God within. It's not Mm. always about manifesting the mind. I think how people are using these, a lot of people using the term plant medicines, Mm -hmm. which doesn't quite fit mushrooms either. And it's kind of a bit clunky as well. So maybe we need a new word, which kind of talks about, you know, how people are using these constructively for healing, because that's where the emphasis has been the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Whereas in the 60s, people, you know, they're taking LSD and they're freaking out and they want to see, they're going to see God (laughs) and they're going to be dancing in the street or wherever. And these days, people are taking psychedelics uh, with intentionality. They want to, they want to, you know, look at themselves. They want a deeper spiritual connection. They want to look, face their issues and they want to, um, they want to use them for their spiritual development. Yeah. Yeah, So that's, that's, it is, it, it, you know, so things have evolved since, since sixties and they, people, they don't, they want to meet, they want to meet the divine, you know, there's, there's, there's a, what Mike Tyson talks about, the Bufo, the 5-Amigo DMT, you know, people can smoke that and you're pretty much guaranteed to have this mystical experience where you connect with yeah. the, with the, the infinite, with with the divine consciousness. Yeah, know? yeah. How long does this go back in, in, in terms of mankind, the use of these substances for these reasons? Yeah. Culturally? Yeah, culturally it's pretty much um, – I think as long as human beings have been around, yeah. that people have taken the the these medicines, you know, yeah. all through the Amazon. They're recorded a long time back, eh? Yeah, all through Africa, yeah. people are taking different things. Like, you know, I spent a fair bit of time in South Africa. Yeah. There's specific plants there that are not well known in the West that the shamans use, for yeah, example. Yeah. Um, so all the, all those cultures, they've got, uh, a, a culture all through Europe. You've got the mushrooms growing yep. and, uh, you know, the shamans or the druids, um, would have taken them for sure. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. so it's pretty much a, um, for the last, you know, a, a, thousands and thousands of years, yeah. as long as human, human, humans have been around. 
they've been taking these substances. Pretty certainly the Australian Indigenous people yep. are taking, um, but they don't necessarily share what it is. But yep. I've I've met lots of Indigenous people talk to initiated men yep. and, you know, they take some very powerful subs. One guy told me who was initiated. Really? It's like smoke DMT that lasts for three days. Oh, really? Yeah. So culturally they were doing this. And that's an, that's an initiation in a certain part of Australia. Which makes me think of things like the dream time. Yeah. Which then makes me think, not to upset anyone, but I wonder how many of the prophets from the Old Testament and oh, from yeah. the Middle Eastern oh, that's times it. were. That's um, it. Yeah. That's it because you've got the acacia growing in the Middle East. Yeah. There's a guy called Benny Shannon from Israel yep. who he has a, a theory that Moses – the burning bush was acacia and that Moses inhaled too much smoke and got high really? and then had visions. That's how he had had the visions. <laughs> really? All jokes aside though. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, well, you'd presume that if all of these places have a recorded history of these substances, why wouldn't they have been in the Middle East yeah. 3,000 years ago, 2,000 yeah. years ago? Yeah, and the, uh, the Bedouins, the Bedouins, um, You've got the Syrian rue, for example, that goes all through the Middle East and you've got the acacia that yeah. goes all through the Middle East. And apparently the Bedouins have knowledge of how to do this. Where were they from? How to prepare. The Bedouins? Bedouins are the nomadic people who live all through the Middle East. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I maybe the Essenes yeah. who were the people, the mystics who lived around the time of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that they knew how to prepare the Syrian ruin acacia as well. But we don't have any yeah. evidence or don't proof know. of this. Yeah, but of yeah. there's a lot of mystical texts that came out of the Middle East. Yeah. You know, a lot of the you read you read Revelations, yeah, for example, are. like tacked on to the end of the Bible. I know. It is very, very trippy. Very, that is, is like that's like it was written by St. John of Patmos and no one yep. knows exactly who he was or, or you know, how he wrote what he wrote. But it's like that's the kind of thing that, you know, yeah. you, not everyone is going to experience when they take ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you're going to write down. Yeah, and that's, definitely. That's Revelations very, that's is, a, is yeah. a very big um, book to yeah. end the Bible on. And it is very, you know, like you're saying, it's very um, – Almost, yeah. It's like a, he had a psychedelic experience yeah. where he, he in in not finding a better way to say it. Yeah. But he's seen it all: the angels it. and the trumpets mm. and yeah. the clouds and mm. the bombs mm. and yeah, that's interesting, man. Do you have issues with um? So you're getting around obviously with these plants and liquids and stuff. Do you have, uh, do you have issues with cops? Like, is this like uh <laughs> That's not the yeah, It's well, just like, what do they a, say? I, like, I had a cop come to an ayahuasca group I did the other day. Oh, yeah? Oh, really, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, he got a lot out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, like, can you travel with this stuff? Would you take it on a plane? How does it sit in Australia right now? Um, You're saying it's a native plant. Yeah. But yeah. then if you say you go through the process of extracting ayahuasca out of it, yeah. does it then become illegal? Yeah. Or? Well, it's a, I think it's a bit of a grey area. Like yeah. I know a guy, this is this is almost 20 years ago now, yeah. he was caught with a couple of bottles of ayahuasca tea. Yeah. And I think the authorities thought they might have been on to some sort of big drug ring yeah, sting or something. Yeah, yeah. And they tested it and they didn't find much DMT in it. 
and it ended up the judge apologized to him because he had all these good references yeah. and they saw that this was for healing. So I think it's a lot of it's about intent. So that case is the only case I know in Australia yeah. where someone's been charged with ayahuasca. Yeah. And so, you know, I actually know his lawyer as well and his lawyer has lots of good contacts and, you know, the, the AFP at that point were like, look, we're not interested in this. This yeah, is yeah. not a priority. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, the cops should be after people, you know, jumping out of trees and stabbing people, shouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you Go talking the about? Real, the real Who crimps. Who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I might have been in a DMT trip while I was doing that. That's what the entities told me to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say like even um, Changa, same situation. Because Changa's more like, yeah. it's more like a Yandi looking yeah, thing, it's right? More like a, it's more like, more like, more like, a, a, more like a, a drug. I think people who, you know, yeah, there are people around the world making Changa, but they're yeah. fairly discreet and they're not like, yeah, yeah. they're not, it's not getting sold with like, yeah. drugs yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's like people who make it that's all they make yeah, yeah you know it's not like a drug thing they're not making lots of money yeah, yeah. they're not then you know it's not like anything like drugs yeah, so yeah, yeah. i think i don't think law enforcement they is particularly yeah. interested in it you know what i am interested in and everything that we've talked about is other herbs say like this uh tabernath manuai that's how i say it yeah tabernath manuai yeah tabernath manuai um, these types of herbs. So the place where, so I'm taking Siberian ginseng. Yeah. That's not anything new or revolutionary. No. Uh, rhodiola. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said before, the lion's mane. Mm. Yeah. Things like this, I am actually getting into it and they are very beneficial. Oh yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a, there's a lot of those. Things. Yeah. There's actually uh, a really good company called dragon herbs in the States mm. and they make, um, preparations out of Chinese herbs for optimal living so the chinese have a tradition of taking tonic herbs yeah. so i think people in the west it's only been in the last 10 years or so that people yeah. have been taking herbs like rhodiola yeah. and lion's mane also and it's just that's getting more and more popular but in china people have been taking reishi and yep, yep, cordyceps yep. for a long time They're mushrooms yeah have you come yeah. across the cordyceps before um i've seen it at yeah. the same place where I get the lion's mane, I've mm. seen another bottle that says cordyceps. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so reishi. The, the native cordyceps, so yep. I've come across a native cordyceps uh, and gone out with a friend picking it. Yep. It actually, for people who don't know, the cordyceps is like um, what it does is it takes over a caterpillar or another insect. Yeah. And so you have to dig about this this far underground and pull up this mushroom which is like this long and then at the base of it you find the cordyceps takes over and consumes the, the An animal, caterpillar a caterpillar yeah and yeah. It, so it grows from that and it grows from the body of it jesus so it's just this long thing yeah, yeah. and they're worth like hundred fifty thousand dollars a oh, kilogram no in hong kong in the markets so what about this place that's selling a bottle of the extract for 30 bucks of the cordyceps. Of cordyceps. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's fake then? Some of it can be a bit weak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go out and harvest it yourself, like in Australia, if you know where to go. They're paying that much overseas. Yeah. I've taken the Australian yeah. native cordyceps 
that's probably the most powerful mushroom I've ever taken. That's a medicinal mushroom. In what sense? Tell me what the you, you can do. feel it. You can feel it. It's yeah. like a psychedelic. You can feel oh, it's like a psychedelic. oxygenation. It's psychedelic in nature. You yeah. feel oxygenation. You feel well-being. You feel clarity. You feel um, you know mental acuity. Things look a bit clearer. Yeah. So the native cordyceps gunny eye is is probably the the most powerful um, you yeah. know, mushroom I've taken that's not psychedelic. Yeah. Can you overdo it with these? These I'm not talking about these powerful psychedelics that yeah. we said before. Obviously, you can overdo it. Mm. But say things like lion's mane, chaga. Say I'm taking that right now. Yeah. And yeah. then you've like almost sold me on the cordyceps. So yeah. I feel like going tomorrow, adding cordyceps to my droplets. Yeah. In the, yep. Is there like I end up taking like 15 different droppers? Is it like, no, you shouldn't be doing that? You should find out specifically one that yeah. helps you? Yeah, you should find out what, what helps you. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think there are people taking a shit ton of vitamins and supplements yeah. every day. That's never been my tendency. Yeah. But I think you find what works for you. Um, but I think the issue with cordyceps is most of the cordyceps you buy is actually not that great. Yeah, well, I can imagine um, if it's that expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The co- the quality is variable. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah. some of some of it is amazing, but yeah. I mean that that's with a lot of these herbs. A lot of them are, are not going to do that much. Yeah, you know, you really want to focus on the ones that you're really feeling something like yeah. the lion's mane. Like I know when I take lion's mane, I'm sleeping do. a lot less. Yeah, you, know, you yeah, feel a lot Honestly, clearer. do the yeah. way I explain it, it's like. It's like a peak from a drug, mm. but without the actual physical peak. Mm. It's like my mouth mouth doesn't go dry. You can sleep. You can eat. Mm. Like you're normal. You're slow paced, but your mind, it, it's just so fast mm. and sharp in a mm. way that isn't like yuck, like drugs. Yeah. It's just yeah. so fast. Mm. Like mm. I'm already like uh, an over talker. Mm. But when I have these things, it's mm. just like I'm like and it's not babble. It's like you can you know what you're saying. Mm. It's mm. really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, imagine how many people like um use these things as performance enhancing things and have for a long time. Yeah. Especially people that are into like like digital things. You yeah. know what I mean? Gamers, for example. Mm. Mm. Big things for gamers, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's all kinds of things like um, paracetam and anaracetam and what uh, are they? Oh, they're nootropics. Yeah. There's all kinds. So of, all these things are called nootropics. 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 Yeah. That's like smart drugs. Smart drugs. You know, yeah, you yeah. can take DHEA and yeah, yeah. L-tyrosine and all, yeah. all kinds of things. But I personally stick with the the plants, the mushrooms. Yeah. Is is the, the specifically those ones? Yeah, the the natural ones. Yeah. MDMA to a certain degree. Yeah. And MDMA. MDMA and psilocybin mushrooms these days are very much in the spotlight because science is finding they are beneficial for treating PTSD, treating depression. I've actually seen that. I've seen uh, microdosing it's called. Well, you know, there is that. There is the microdosing. I think there's been a little bit of scientific research go on about microdosing where they're they're actually finding that microdosing is not as good as it's cracked up to be. Really? Yeah. I yeah. think people who are into psychedelics like myself were a little bit skeptical about microdosing because we're all about the macro dose, yeah. which is, you know, taking the bigger dose. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. a lot of and people having the more moment. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I think a lot of people are microdosing. They're taking little bits of LSD so they can perform better in the corporate environment. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like where a lot of it's coming from because a little bit of LSD, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. one-tenth of a, of a tab yeah. or, or something like that, 
yeah, yeah. you will have an enhanced performance. I heard that about mushrooms too, psilocybin. Yeah. Like yeah. taking one-tenth of the normal dose. That's right. It's whole cognitive change. Like yeah. you're seeing things you wouldn't usually see in different ways. Well, it's it's it, the idea with microdosing is a sub-perceptual which means you're not going to feel it. Yep. You're not going to have you – you're able to drive your car, you'll be able to work, but it's going to do something in the background. In the background, yeah. And hopefully you're going to feel a shift. I think a lot of people are taking microdosing mushrooms now for depression. Yep. And which they, is where I heard about it, depression and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah and people taking, um, you know, lion's mane Yep. which I well. take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take Combine, yeah. combining them because it's something like – um, you know, a few hundred milligrams, something yep. like that, of dried psilocybin mushrooms per day. Yep. You know, you, yeah, you're going to personally, I think you're going to feel something from that. But I would say you're going to get more benefit from just taking a dry gram of mushrooms yep. a week or, or even two grams, more a small macro dose yeah, because yeah. something like a dried gram is very manageable. What would you say about, just talk specifically about mushrooms now, how you yeah. said you would get more of a benefit. What would those benefits be in terms of mushrooms? Yeah, I think, say if you're taking a dried gram, that's not going to yep. be very strong for most people. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be, you know, having visions or yeah, yeah. you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be really that Entering much different. Entering a different realm. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But you're going to, you're going to see things a bit differently. You're going to see a bit, uh, bit have a bit more clarity yeah. in your vision. You're going to uh, kind of have an enhanced awareness. Yeah. But it's not going to be overwhelming. You're going to be yeah. able to walk down the street. They call it a museum dose because you could go to the museum and walk around. And no one's going to know you're oh, really? indifferent to anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. else. So I think, you know, I would say if you take a gram of dried mushrooms, you're going to find the benefits psychologically because yeah. what I find, this is subjectively because there's not much scientific research done on this, but what I find is there's a kind of inner alignment that the mushrooms are doing. And uh, when I moved to the, the the city in 2010, I'd take a dried gram every week yeah. and it would help me just just to live in the city yeah, yeah. just to it would help uh like align my mind align my emotions and i just feel more together oh, yeah more with it a bit more perspective yeah balance yep have a be, uh, clearer thinking yeah. all that sort of stuff so i think the mushrooms they kind of sort you out internally oh yeah that's that they because how i see them is as spirits yeah. like terence mckenna would he would talk to the mushrooms Oh and really? Yeah, yeah. Terence McKenna. Who's is that? Is Terence McKenna the mushroom bloke that was on um, Joe Rogan? Is that him? No, no, Terence McKenna's dead. He died oh, in nineteen ninety nine, but really he not. popularized DMT in the eighties and the nineties, and he had this very trippy voice, and he and yeah. he'd talk about DMT oh, and really? seeing the machine I've never seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's awesome. I recommend his YouTube videos and talks. Yeah. And uh, and he would talk about taking mushrooms and then talking to the mushroom spirit oh. and <laughs> engaging with it and asking it things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think any, and this is the thing, anyone can do that. Yeah. It's not just, it's normal, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. For in, in my world, people, people talk to these spirits of the mushrooms, of the plants, hmm. and that's completely normal. Whereas the traditional model maybe from the 60s or something, is yep. that what you're experiencing is a, a hallucin- 
hallucination. Like it's not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas these like days, your mind's making it up. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas these days, people are taking psychedelics, and I think one of the reasons why people are finding benefits in them is because they're getting some valid information there. Yeah, they're getting yeah, yeah. some guidance. They're, they're talking to the mushrooms or the ayahuasca or whatever yeah, plant yeah. it is, and they're getting some wisdom and guidance. So say with ayahuasca, it can be like 10 years of psychotherapy in yeah. a few hours. And that's because really? you, you have a psychotherapist who's a, who's a shit ton better than yeah, a yeah, human yeah, psychotherapist yeah. who just can tell you exactly what you need to know and allow you to sort out your own mind. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I definitely, how I said before, I take lion's mane. I think the mix that I take, which is a mushroom. Yeah, that's right. that's right. I think that mix, um, I have five drops in the morning. Okay. It's lion's mane and chaga. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're yeah, excellent. They're excellent. And um, they sold it to me as a herb shop in Newtown. They sold it to me as like concentration and yep. thing. Yep. It works. That's right. Like when yeah. I take it, I also take it with um, Siberian ginseng. Yeah. But it's like my mind is like, because I stream video games. I'm telling you oh, this yeah. honestly. I stream <laughs> video games. And if your mind isn't connected, yeah. you're, you're, you're all over the place. That's right. But I take these things and it's like the game, I'm seeing it, it's slower. Like I'm more in it. Like my <laughs> mind races. It feels so. I know they are powerful yeah. things. And these yeah. things are nothing compared to psilocybin yeah. and stuff that's like right. that. That's right. Well, that's the way I think that our society will come to see psilocybin. It will see it like lion's mane and chaga and all these yep. kind of neurotropic mushrooms because the mushrooms they promote neurogenesis yeah they promote the growth the of your brain of cells yeah. yeah yeah and so out of all of the herbs and plants because i take all kinds of herbs and plants yeah. and things like ayahuasca and mushrooms and all these psychedelics they're at the top of the food chain yeah, yeah they're yeah. actually going to help your body and your human functioning better than anything else it's crazy so you know that's why that's why i say tell yeah. me some of the things you take so you see just send me take <laughs> like like it the herbs and stuff like that? Because you obviously go into a herb store. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. Well, one Surely of the they can't all do something, <laughs> right? Some of them have to be. Well, like, what's, what do you know to be good? Oh, there's so many. Well, one, I took some tea today from a plant called Epilobium parviflorum. All right. Which is, uh, there's only two well known herbs for the malprostate right. salt palmato and Epilobium parviflorum, and it I've grows in Europe. Palmetto. I've yeah, heard of that. Yeah, That's... but this is not well known. So it's a tea for the, the, the prostate, which yep. is like, you know, the prostate is like the male womb, yep. you know, and it's it's it's, it's, it's very uh, significant to oh, really? the male, yeah, to the male functioning. Oh, that's 100%. it. 100%. Where do oh, I yeah. find this? <laughs> Where do I find this tea? <laughs> yeah, geez. Um, so how... How did all of this get into DMT? So obviously, like, the, honestly, the first thing I heard about you when my manager said there's this interesting guy, Julian Palmer, this, he is the man who created Changa. Hmm. How did this? How did you get into DMT? How did it? Yeah. How did that come about? Well, when I first smoked DMT, yep. it, it kind of changed my life. Like, I think a lot of people find that just like a little lock has turned and I found that um, – a week after I had DMT, everything looks really clear and bright and defined. And then a week after I smoked DMT, I found magic mushrooms in the field for the first time and yeah. started taking them. And 
And at that time, this is in 1999, not many people really into this. It was yeah. almost invisible. It's cool lately. But yeah, yeah, like yeah exactly. You're well ahead yeah. of your time. There definitely yeah. was no Joe Rogan yeah. presenting. The, the, no <laughs> one knew about it. It was like a mythical thing. Yeah. You maybe find out about it on the internet. Um, but, you know, you, you, you could go to a festival in Australia and you wouldn't find anyone with DMT, yeah. you know. So, I, you know, I, I had some good contacts and via synchronicity and chance, I met the right people and I started doing it and I started taking it orally, which is like an Australian version of ayahuasca. Because in Australia, we have the acacias that contain DMT. Yeah. So people extracting the DMT. And so ayahuasca is the plant that contains DMT. No, ayahuasca is a, a vine that, that comes from the Amazon yeah. and uh, you make a tea from the vine mm -hmm. and they add, uh, they add plants that contain DMT to the ayahuasca brew. Okay. So it's like a vine and then they add leaves from other plants yeah. that have DMT in them. And the ayahuasca assists in extracting it or? The ayahuasca is like technically an M, uh, an MAO inhibitor. So if you just eat DMT by itself, it won't do anything. Oh, okay. So you need it's to have the ayahuasca to actually activate the DMT. Yeah. All right. But Dennis McKenna, who's done more research than anyone else on ayahuasca, he says he researched and made clear how how ayahuasca works pharmacologically. He said how ayahuasca works is a complete mystery. Yeah. Because like what I said, ayahuasca, Dennis McKenna is Terence McKenna's brother and ayahuasca talks to Dennis McKenna. Yeah. And he takes ayahuasca regularly and he will have dialogue and he's open about talking about that yeah. and admitting that even though he's a highly regarded scientist. Yeah. So basically, you know, in the ayahuasca world, ayahuasca is considered like a plant spirit and when people drink ayahuasca they will experience talking to the ayahuasca spirit the ayahuasca will do healing work with them yep. and uh you know it, they will feel so these are native this is native american culture yeah, na yeah. native native amazonian yeah, culture yeah, that yeah. the um, um that the ayahuasca comes from yeah. pretty much a lot a lot of tribes in yeah. Amazonia, they use ayahuasca, not all of them. Yeah. And they traditionally use it for their shamanism, for their healing. Some yeah. tribes, I've met people who've taken it with the tribes, they'll take it during the daytime. The whole tribe will take it yeah. and they'll take, uh, have a party in the forest. That's it. They'll just be enjoying being together in but the can forest. Can you tell me, see how you said before the first time you had DMT and you had that experience. And I hear people say that a lot. Can you put into words exactly, you know, this, so you say you had DMT and then the whole world was different, like you're just seeing things different. Yeah, yeah. Can you be definitive on that? Like, you know, like, yeah. I know it would be hard to put into it's words something like that. It's hard to explain. Well, that was, I guess, the first time I did it. It wasn't that strong yeah. when I first time I did it and I saw colours and, you know, kaleidoscope vision yeah, yeah. and I had this. Oh, you had that? You had that, those yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I went into it further and I smoked it further, I would go into other dimensions. Yeah. And again, this is completely normal for yeah, DMT yeah, yeah. that you go into other dimensions. But the problem with other dimensions is the other dimensions are so big mm. that when you come back, you can't remember so much because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're just living in this narrow bandwidth. But I think the advantage to this experience is you realize that there's something more out there, yeah. you know, whereas religion, you know, has traditionally told 
most human cultures that there's something more out there. Yeah. A lot of us in this day and age, we're not religious. Yeah. And I wasn't particularly religious. But when I smoked DMT, I realized that there was a lot more to this reality that there were many dimensions yeah, yeah, that yeah. this was just a tiny tiny little part yeah. of a huge continuum of reality you know so just that's realizing crazy. that i think that's healing and beneficial in itself because dmt told me yeah, right. don't worry about all this because i was previously like i want to explore the dimensions yeah, yeah, i was like no 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 this is your life yeah make the most of your life that you have and no, live you're your completely life. right even if yeah. it was just that's a big dose of perspective yeah and when you put your life into perspective especially small how small we really are mm. in this infinite time that is a big lesson yeah. itself, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. Bro, these these um experiences they're scary to me, bro. Like honestly, you know yeah. how you th- you like someone t- like if you put DMT in front of me right now, and told me to have it, I would not have it. Like I'm just scared. Mm. I have that fear. It's like yeah. you know, it's just so intense. Do you know what yeah. I mean? From what I hear about it, mm. it's like yeah, I would honestly be so. Is do you see people go into it with the wrong mind state, and it's a real bad experience? Like, do you see people who are scared and they get verbal by their friends? It's like, just have it, it'll be good. And they go in there and it's like the worst thing they've nah, ever done. No, nah. most people who do it, they really want to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's not like people get pressured into doing it's it. It's not like smoking your first cone, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's how I think of it. It's like, bro, have DMT. It's like, just like a cone. They're like, nah, nah, and they have it. And the next thing they're uh, like that, you know what I mean? But, but we should be scared of DMT. Yeah. We should, everyone has fear of DMT because it's like Russian roulette. You could have, you could have um, this beautiful angelic transcendental experience, or it could be really dark and crazy. Horrifying. Yeah. And you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to happen. And so pretty much everyone has fear of DMT. I mean, and we should, we should have fear of it. We should respect it. Because it's showing us something really real yeah, and powerful yeah. that we should respect. Yeah. You know? So and that's how So I how thought. did it come about Changa? What's the difference? Well, um, because smoke DMT is so intense that it's like getting shot out of a cannon, yeah. you know, into these other dimensions. Not many people do that repeatedly. There yeah, are some, yeah, yeah. but not many people. Yeah. You know, there are a few few oddballs who do it regularly. Really? But um, <laughs> how many have you done? Oh, I would have done it, uh, you know, a couple hundred times. A couple hundred. Something like that, you know. Yeah. I think if you're really serious. I haven't smoked DMT for a long oh, yeah, time. Yeah. I think most of this was in the first like six years. Yeah. I did I did a fair bit. Um, but at Changa is, is the DMT. It's infused into the ayahuasca and herbs like malene and peppermint. Um and so you can smoke a little bit of DMT and then have a uh, beneficial effect. So you'll have that enhancement yeah. like you get from mushrooms. You'll get the that visual sense. Your thinking will be clear. You'll get that sense of alignment. Get the benefits. Yeah, you'll get this sense of healing and uh you might have geometric patterns. And if you smoke enough, you might have some visions. Yeah. You might have some visuals. But it's not so much going to give you that shot out of the cannon of a dimensionality where it can be incredibly beautiful or incredibly. And, and, and incredibly intense as well. So It actually sounds more realistic of something that I may consider yeah. trying one day. Yeah. A more 
like sensible, like less, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, that's that's actually what I fear mm. is that shot out of the cannon. Like yeah. you know when you hear people talk, Mike Tyson talks about it and this and mm. and they say and they just say, like, I just went, there was just all this noise and I was there were people there and this and that. Like the beings, entities they say. Entities, um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because that's the thing about these dimensions. I mean, you think about quantum physics and they talk about all these dimensions, but there is beings and entities and life forms that live in these dimensions. They're not empty. Yeah. They've got some form of sentience in them and you can That's communicate crazy. with them. Yeah. But I think our society is coming, starting to come to terms with yeah. that. But this is the thing about that. It doesn't really make any difference nope. to who you are as a human being and how you live your life that you realize this stuff. It just means you've got a bit more an open mind. Yeah. You know, so what do you do nowadays with it? Like nowadays, you you're telling me when you arrived here, you were doing like a ayahuasca getaway. Yeah, so yeah. I I do uh, uh, gatherings with the ayahuasca vine and acacia, and uh, I give that to people uh, within um, uh, a space. So I've been doing that twenty years, yeah. and so that really enables people to spend time looking at themselves and you know um seeing 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 what they need to change yeah. you know and just also just experiencing the healing from the ayahuasca yeah, yeah. Um, can i ask you like what exactly do you do pretty much uh i personally try and do as little as possible um, yeah. because a lot of people who are doing this, they try to do too much. Like they're singing and they're dancing and they're <laughs> shaking a rattle, they're blowing smoke oh, in really? your face yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're trying, they're giving you foot massages and whatever. Yeah. Whereas for me, I really try and give the, the people the experience of the plant. So I try and um, stay out of people's way and only get involved if I really have to. Really? So yeah. just facilitate it really. Yeah, facilitate. That's, I call yeah. myself a facilitator. Yeah. And the funny, it, it's very interesting. A lot of people who facilitate, they actually find it very difficult to to give people space. Yeah. You know, there's this kind of new agey term, holding space. Yeah. But I think you really need to give people space and not try and, you know, put all your presence in there. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite common that you go to South America and you drink with the shamans or curanderos and they're like the rock stars and they're singing and they're doing their thing yeah, and yeah. all your attention's focused on them and they might be guiding you but you might not be able to focus on yourself. Yeah. So what I try and do is enable people to go within and I don't want people to be looking at me. I don't want people to be focusing on me. I try and put myself out of the way. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that's not what a lot of people do. Yeah, they, yeah. It's not what I've seen. You know, when yeah. you watch it on YouTube and stuff, yeah. I see it exactly how you see it. Yeah. I see someone dancing, they got yeah. like these leaves on them, wood, and they're yeah. in their face <laughs> making noises. Yeah. There's all people behind them <laughs> chanting. Yeah, yeah. It's a full, it's a rock show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, that can be quite distracting. Yeah. You know, whereas my approach is give people the plants. And let the plant medicine do its work. Yeah. And I'm gonna play all kinds of cool electronic music and classical music yeah, and whatever, yeah. burn some incense and 
create a supportive place where they can go deep. You know? Yeah. And so a lot of people come with like issues like depression, yeah, yeah. PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. People come like drug addiction and stuff like that. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Some some people it's drug addiction I think is something that people have got to actually address first. You can't rely on any any, any anything, substance. Any say. substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you've got to really um you've got to approach drug addiction. Like people really gotta to want to get off drugs. Yeah. I mean, I heard your story and yeah. you 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 just said, right, that's it. I'm not yeah, doing yeah. this anymore. You've got to have that attitude. You've got to have that uh, yeah. Like if you have that attitude and then you took something like a boga, for example, which mm-hmm. is I think the best plant for getting off drugs. Yeah. The aboga will help you to do it. Really? Much more smoothly than if you didn't have a boga. Yeah, exactly. you couldn't just rock up someone loving drugs, loving it, <laughs> chopping in every day and then just take that and then just, oh, I hate drugs now. It's not going to work yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, you've got to change your relationship yeah. with what you're taking and you've got to want to get off yeah, that of lifestyle because a lot of it's lifestyle, yeah. a lot of it's your friends and, you know, the kind of life you want to live. You've got to change that and you've got to want to actually do something different. What's that you said to a boga? A boga, yeah. So yeah. it's called Tabernamp aboga, yep. and uh, it's a plant from West Africa yep. that if you give a, a an opiate addict, yep. uh, they 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 shouldn't be on opiates at the time. But you know, yeah, after yeah. they've you know they haven't had opiates for a little while, and you give them Tabernamp aboga, it will detox them. They won't have any come really? down. Yeah, it'll reset the brain. No so, way. Yeah. So it's could have used this a few twenty exactly, times back exactly. in the day. <laughs> and so it's a little bit in New Zealand. They're, they're they're using it. So New Zealand's a bit ahead of of Australia. Yeah, yeah. And you know, scientists have an issue with it because um, is that this bottle here? That's what yeah, this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is similar. This is the uh, oh, tabernacle mani. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is that's for microdosing. Yeah. Um, and you can just take very little bits of that and that will help people to just get some clarity, energy. So that's a very good form of microdosing. Yeah. So, you know, certainly something like the Tabernath Manii could help with addiction. Yeah. Uh, but again, you gotta you gotta yeah, wanna yeah. you gotta wanna get off it. It, can, it the plants will help. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think like anything in yeah, life, eh? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, governments are a little bit wary about the the tabernanth aboga because yeah. and scientists as well because they're like we don't understand how it works they yeah. know it resets the brain they know it gets people off opiates but it's like oh people have these visions where this you know big black african spirit talks to people yeah, and yeah, says yeah. all right talk tells talks to them about their childhood and yeah, yeah. what 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 they actually might have gotten wrong in their life and it getting kind imagine of imagine they'd be pushing back on something <laughs> like that yeah, yeah. so it's quite confronting to the scientific paradigm because yeah. scientists they don't top neuroscientists trying to understand a boga yeah, yeah they they can't understand how it works because it's up it's it's like a superior technology. It's like, what is it? Arthur C. Clarke said that any superior technology um, a, a appears like magic. Really? You know, yeah. that it works. It's like, how does it, how does it work? Yeah, how yeah, does it yeah, do yeah. what it do? So, you know, the all psychedelics, we, like we don't understand them. They appear like magic, yeah, yeah, how yeah. they work. Yeah, you know? these, um, these ayahuasca getaways that you're doing or you've just done, this is what people travel to, like Peru and stuff for. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a little culture in Australia yeah. of people 
I mean, there might be, I don't know, there might even be 50 people in Australia who do these ayahuasca yeah. retreats. Um, that run them? Yeah, yeah. that run them. <clears throat> and they do weekends, one-nighters, they do retreats. Yeah. And especially with the lockdowns, a lot of people can't go to yeah. to South America. And we yeah. have our, our, our national floor emblem, the acacia, which contains DMT. So we can just, oh, really? you know, pick... Pick some of that's, you know, that's the emblem. That's the, that's Australia's national floral <laughs> emblem. It's the gold is the flower and yeah. the green is the leaf. Oh, really? That's the national colours yeah, of Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can pick our local flora, yeah. and uh, you know, lots of people in Australia growing ayahuasca. So it's uh, it's it's quite accessible yeah. in Australia, and lots of people are doing it and finding a lot of benefit in it. You would have seen the culture towards all of this change drastically yeah. since because you're like old school in this now. Yeah. If I'd yeah. say if you've been doing this since the late nineties, you're yeah. as old school as it gets yeah. in. Oh no, there's much older school. Oh yeah. <laughs> People doing it since, since the seventies. Yeah, since yeah. seventies, late sixties. Yeah. But you'd be like you'd be one of the the you know what I mean, leading yeah. the way. Yeah. Really, you're yeah. really leading the way. Yeah, well yeah. What's these the culture days. change been like? Like yeah, the last, now everyone's talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Last five years it's just it's like a stock price, you yeah. know, everyone's like, you're just watching this thing rise, mm. you know, you're watching this exponential interest and it's, yeah, it's a little bit scary in a way because yeah. I think there's, you know, Tim Leary, he had this belief that people should, that psych he believed that psychedelics probably should be criminalized, but, really? but, and he put it forward to the government that maybe people should be given a license like yeah. you get a license to, to fly an aeroplane mm -hmm. or drive a car to take psychedelics. Yeah. And back then people were like, Tim, you're crazy. Yeah. That's never going to happen, right? Yeah. And I think we probably need to have some kind of – Regulation. Maybe not regulation, but we need to have respect for these states yeah. and realise that even though there's all this hype you know, well, they can, you know, cure depression and PTSD and all this stuff. I think that I think that we are opening up Pandora's box. We are we are, you know, engaging with the mystery. And at this point in our evolution, we don't know shit about how to deal with what. I love what how you're saying of. this. I actually love how you're saying this mm. because. Anyone else would expect your experience and what you do mm. for you to come on here and just be absolutely for us, the best thing in the world. Everyone should. <laughs> no, and I'm genuinely yeah. surprised and love that mm. you said it that way. Like, yeah. even though it's this great thing, mm. but we need to understand that there's like, yeah, if you approach it the wrong way, a lot of bad things can come with it. Yeah, that's right. We need to we need to tread very carefully. Yeah, and it's kind of weird at the moment because yeah. there's a lot of people with a lot of money looking at psychedelics like it's the dot-com boom yeah, yeah, in yeah. in in the late 90s, you yeah. know. And a lot of that is just kind of hot air like yeah. the dot-com boom is. Yeah, it's yeah. like that stock price. Everyone's looking at the money. This isn't about money, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, right. you know, the first seven years of doing ayahuasca groups, I didn't charge any money. Yeah, You know, I did it for free. You know, I did it for the love of it. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to come from. You know, with it, we need to keep it pure. And I think with this, all this money coming in and all this hype, there's a lot of just people blowing in, yeah. and there's a lot of people who don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, she can go sideways. Hundred percent. And I think, unfortunately, I think 
you know, as human beings, we learn from our mistakes individually yeah. and collectively. Yeah, shit went sideways in the 60s, yeah. you know, in the late 60s. Yeah, a lot of shit went sideways. And I think people are like, right, we learned from the 60s and we're yeah, moving yeah, on yeah. and we're not going to make the same mistakes yeah, and everything's yeah, yeah. going to be good. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, but we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And someone like me, yeah, I have, I have a little bit of an understanding about what a, what a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And there's a, I think there's, I think, yeah, there's a lot of learning that we need to make collectively and individually about these states and how to work with them. And that's okay, mm. you know, but I think there's a, there's a lot of overconfidence at the moment because, um, you know, and I think there's a little bit of arrogance yeah. around and people, you know, they just, they go to South America and they do a one month course and suddenly they're a shaman, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and they come back and they're yeah. offering it to everyone. That's preaching right. the benefits. Yeah. So I think that there is a kind little bit of dilution yeah. Um, going on at the moment. There's a there's a little bit of um yeah, so it's all I think it's really concerning because yeah. you know, this is the thing also, psychedelics, it's all, not just like love and light. Yeah. You know, it it makes you look at your darkness. Yeah, you know, yeah, it makes yeah, it makes yeah, you yeah. look at, you know, if you're doing it right, I would say, you know, it's not easy to do. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be just um, some kind. It's not. It's the opposite of taking drugs recreationally, yeah. where you're trying to have a good time. You're trying to escape. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's not escapism. Yeah. It's yeah. like finding. Yeah. 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 It actually. It's actually really hard to stop. Yeah. Look within and see what's not what's going on inside you that's not right. Yeah, it's hard right. to do. For, for everyone, that's not right. That's not the right thing to do. There's a lot of truth in that saying, ignorance is bliss. Because mm. you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of people finding yourself might not be a beneficial, finding truths and looking in yourself might not be beneficial mm. for them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? In yeah. terms of their own happiness and their mental well being. Well, I don't know. I'd, I probably think that most people can benefit from like a bit of inquiry and a yeah. bit of psychedelics, but they're not for everyone. Not for everyone. You yeah. know, not everyone is going to, you know, not everyone is going to find benefit yeah. and not everyone, they're not suitable for everyone. And uh, I think that, but for the people that they are beneficial for and the people who want to do that self-inquiry mm. and they want to do that work and they want to look within and they want to really look at their problems and, you know, yeah, they're going to be great. It'll be, it'll be amazing. They're going for to those be amazing. People, yeah. yeah, and it's going to be hard work too. Is there any like, like danger people? Like specifically, if I could, because you obviously so many people like hear things about this and hear the great stuff. And is say for example someone with schizophrenia who's a medicated schizophrenic. Yeah, are they like an immediate red flag that you would say, listen, like stay away from it? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily yeah. yeah, there's people like Benjamin Mudge, Australian guy who I know who's doing research on ayahuasca for bipolar. Yep. Um, so ayahuasca can help people with bipolar. It can help people with, with schizophrenia. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say probably that's an overstated fear yeah. that people might just – like lose their shit with with something like ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. I'd say you know, like I said before, LSD. LSD, different yes, story. Yeah, a different yeah. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot about things happening in Peru. Mm. Um, bad experiences. Yeah, yeah. What's some ways that this has gone wrong? So yeah, I mean, there has been some uh, 
deaths with ayahuasca. Yeah. And, you know, some people have died. And Are these very common, from what I've heard, with the consumable ayahuasca? The yeah. The one that you drink? Are it's they... not that people drink ayahuasca and die. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are certain situations where things have gone out of control. And the way I see it is that a lot of, a lot of what we need to be aware of yeah. is that when we open up to the other dimensions, the, yeah. others, the spiritual realm, yeah. we don't just open up to the good spirits. We open up to bad spirits as mm -hmm. well. And that's really? where things can be dangerous. So there's bad spirits over in this other world. Yeah, there's bad spirits in this world. Are these spirits old humans? So maybe two of the visual ghosts that I've seen were the exact representation of the human self that I presume them to be. They right. had the features of an okay. old person. And this yeah, right. is this what like these spirits are like? Are these like aliens or yeah. Monsters or They're, yeah, more like monsters. Yeah, more like yeah. monsters. More like monsters. Like for example, <laughs> you're like scaring me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for 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 example, the the guy who did a lot of the monsters for Star Wars, yep. he would go into his cupboard with his cat and take a thousand mics of LSD. So uh, and then that's where he got Jabba the Hutt from. You know, the big slug looking. Yeah, thing. yeah, and all those creatures out of Star Wars. So that's 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 where he ah. got those. From. So the guy who who did Alien, H.R. Geiger. Yeah. He said people think that I am drawing from fantasy. Yeah. But actually, I am depicting reality. Jesus. So this is how I I see the world. Is I see that there there are these creatures who coexist with humanity yeah. and cause humanity a lot of problems. That's how I see the world these days. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a big statement. I can't, I'm scared if that's the exact representations <laughs> of the thing they're seeing. They're horrible. Why do they look like that? <laughs> yeah, well, I think the way I see it, I think that they can influence us in negative ways. Yeah. And I think that, for example, I think that when people get migraines or cluster headaches, for example, which are yeah. very inexplicable yeah. and fascinating, like when you get cluster headaches, you wake up every day and at 10 a.m. on the clock, yeah. you get incredible pain, incredible yeah, yeah. suffering. So I don't see that as being something that just happens. Yeah. Like science, medical science doesn't understand what cluster headaches are yeah. and why they happen. The only thing that works for cluster headaches is psychedelics. Yeah. But even then, it doesn't necessarily do the job. Uh, and we don't know why psychedelics can work for cluster headaches. Yeah. But I see cluster headaches as being uh, a literal attack from yeah. these entities. Yeah. And I see, you know, people talk about panic attacks yeah. and anxiety attacks. I see these as attacks. Yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah. this as something that people are doing to themselves. So I think this can be a very liberating yeah. idea when you realize that you're actually not doing this to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an etheric parasite creature who is doing this to you 
and that's very yeah. liberating. Which is going like Christianity, exorcism. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the, the Muslims talk about jinn, exactly. which is a representation that's of what right. you're saying. Yeah, all cultures, all traditional cultures. Yeah. And whereas our culture is like, oh, oh, oh yeah. they're all stupid. They don't yeah, know what they're yeah, talking about course, yeah. because we've got science. Yeah, eh? yeah. And anything <laughs> that science can't explain just doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I, on the on the whole other side of the spectrum, you believe in angels. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's angels out there. In I've, this only world seen, too? I've only seen. I've only seen one angel. Please and tell me. And it was a big blue angel, huge wings. It was totally impersonal, and it had a trumpet. Yeah. And it and it, and, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a lame trumpet. It was a it was like it went like that like very, like and it was if it was much louder, I felt like it would have exploded. No way. It was that strong, and it was going gently with me. If it just had gone a bit louder, it was really intense. Massive, like a building, like oh, I would have like wings, wingspan, maybe like the width of this room, like twice as twice as you know, like yep, yep. ten feet or something like that. Glowing blue. Yeah, glowing blue. Yeah, very impersonal. Not, very, yep, not, yep. It's not like you could really talk to it, yep. you know. So I've talked to other people who've seen angels. And, and it could see it, it was focusing on you? Yeah, you it was tell. focusing on me. It was yeah. doing a flyover. So, and um, it played a trumpet for you. Yeah, it's and I've, I've, seen, I've seen demons as well, but not, not many, not many demons. I Are they uh, to... Uh, is a video game representation of a demon, correct? Well, this is the thing. Like I said, um, our culture, I think, is very good at depicting um, and representing a lot of um, what what is actually I would consider real. Yeah. For example, when I was um, I got lost in the rainforest in northern New South Wales about twenty years ago, and I ended up um, I ended up in a riverbank and it yep. was so dark I couldn't even see my hands in front of my eyes. Yep, yep. So I was just blindly walking along, you know, didn't really know where I was going and I, you know, for a few hours and then I ended up walking up the side of the riverbank and I saw this huge old old grove tree which is, you know, like 30, 40 feet wide and suddenly I could see the whole area is lit up around me. And I see a little fairy like yep. that big herding a little unicorn into a hole below the tree. And I just go like this and I'm like, okay, I lost my mind. <laughs> I've lost it. I am completely, I've lost, I'm never coming back. I'm not just lost. I yep. lost my mind. But I kind of shook my head a bit. It didn't go away. And I looked around. And suddenly all these fairies are looking at me and they're no all, way. they look exactly like little Disney fairies. Yeah. And the funny thing was later I found out I was lost within the Mount Warning National Park, yeah. which is not a big national park. But there was a movie, I think it was made in the 80s called Fentry Gully. Yeah. And all those, it was a cartoon and the fairies in that movie their home was in the Mount Warning National Park. Really? And, uh, you know, so that movie was totally inspired. So I see that these depictions of these creatures is totally inspired. And so I spent the whole night talking to these fairies, you know, <laughs> and they would shape shift. They would, you know, I'd sing and they dance and 
Really? You know, they'd light up and they showed me the way out of the forest. That's they it. led me out of the forest. That's pretty intense, bro. Yeah. So can and I that, ask you how you end up getting lost in that forest? I was looking. I was looking for trees that contain DMT. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was out there, and uh, so yeah, I would. And I obviously wasn't taking anything. Yeah. And I think that the reason that I, I saw them. Oh, sorry, is, you weren't on anything. No, I wasn't on anything. I the whole time walking. you're telling me, I'm just no. presuming that you're completely no, off your I guts. I was completely straight. And people say, are you sure you didn't get lost and then maybe take yeah, something? That's what it doesn't I make any that's sense. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> but I think what happened is because it was so dark, my yeah. eyes adjusted to the frequency of the fairies. Yeah, yeah. And so it's hard to walk away from an experience like that yeah. and say, was that something that I just made up? Yeah. It's hard yeah. because it was just, it was absolutely real. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and they led me out of the forest. Yeah. So that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like say with the Changa that you, that you, the smokable DMT, is this a big thing? Like world, worldwide? Yeah. Is this catching on big? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so in, in these circles, mm. are you like a celebrity? Do you go like say are you go are you, are you cruising through like Atlanta and they're like that's Julian Palmer like that's him and you're like yes like that. it's Is not it like that? it's not that it's not that mainstream that Kanye's like you know with the boy sort of smoking Chang'e sleeves yeah, yeah, yeah. you know down, down Sunset Boulevard sort of thing yeah. it's not quite at that not level, quite at that level yet. yeah but. You know, people know who I am in in the psychedelic world. And, yeah. Worldwide, know, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's fairly mad. well known. It says here that you've been to 83 countries. 83? Yeah. Travel to yeah. 83. Yeah, yeah. You're all doing this stuff? No, just I'm just curious oh, just person. Oh, just in life. Yeah, yeah, just curious. Just, tr- just, 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 just like, oh, what's I'm so over envious, here? bro. Yeah, I'm just interested in people and culture and, yeah. you know. Beside all this drug stuff, like. What's that like? Like, what what do you love about that travel in the world? Where's your favorite place you've been? Mm. Like, I've you're talking to someone who's never yeah. left the country. Yeah, yeah, right. I've been to Queensland once. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm really lucky because I got to the point where I pretty much the one little aspect of the world I haven't been to is West Africa. Yep. I want to go there this year. And West Africa's like Senegal and countries yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cameroon, yeah. Cameroon and yep. Benin and Togo and Nigeria yep, and yep, all, these, yep. all these little countries, Sierra Leone. Um, I'd say for me the, the best thing about travelling to all these different countries is for me all the places that I go is that the people around me, they're not alien to me anymore. They're all just human beings like me. Yeah. And the land and the culture and everything ceases to become different and I'm just home wherever I am. Yeah. So that for me, traveling to all these countries, it makes me feel like I'm a global citizen, like I'm just a human being, you know. Yeah. So that's what I think that's what I got most out of it. Yeah. So I don't nice. feel like anything anyone's really that different. No one's that alien, you know. I guess Every, some of that that some of the good is that is similar to what we're talking about before is perspective too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's up you you definitely get this mind opening expanded perspective when you go to especially countries that are not well known. Yeah. You know, like you go to Mexico and we all know Mexico yeah, from yeah, American yeah. TV. Yeah. But you go to um, somewhere like Iran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we don't know much about it. Have you been to Iran? I've been to Iran. Yeah, good. Oh, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. You people there 
are so friendly. Are they? All the time. Everyone wants to be your friend. Like people invite you into their home and, you know, uh, and share their life with you. And and as a traveler, that's what you want. Like, yeah, that's, you, that sounds gross. You know, you go to many countries and people just, you know, they don't want to know about you. And you know to what? I'll tell you the truth. I bet you 90% of the people watching wouldn't assume that about Iran. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. Well, that's that's the thing where, where we have this propaganda that Iran yeah. is our enemy. Yeah. But this is the thing. Um, people in Iran, they've got to live under a regime that yeah. they – you know, they're not 100% down with that regime. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah, living yeah. in a condition that may not be ideal for them. Yeah. You know, that regime isn't them. A lot of those countries are like that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The regime and, and, is different to the people. Yeah. Oh, they're super friendly, yeah. beautiful culture. Um, yeah, highly recommended place to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to finish up, tell me why do you do what you do? Like what Why do you th- – What's? what do you hope to accomplish with this and what, what – What's the outcome you hope that you get from this? Well, you know, I, I just consider myself one person among, you know, many thousands of people who were just kind of in the trenches doing this work, you yeah. know, and I'm, I've got an influential voice because I've kind of stood up and said, hey, I'm actually doing this, whereas a lot of people, they um, – they, they don't want to be known. They don't want to yeah. have a public voice. So I've chosen to be much more public than a lot of people. So I've got a certain kind of responsibility to communicate and share uh, about the reality and, and how I think we can do all this most responsibly and most uh, carefully. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's amazingly satisfying yeah. to, to share these plants with people and uh, I think a big part of it when I organize groups is the connections that happen between people. Yeah. And a lot of it is the intersocial healing. You know, people, when you bring people together for the excuse of uh, taking these plants together, you know, whole new friendships, so- social circles can form and it becomes a culture, you know. So yeah. I think I've been focused on trying to create culture because yeah. in Australia, um, you know, a lot of people might try to replicate or mimic what people in other cultures are doing. Yeah. I've just been trying to create a new culture and do, you know, do do something, do it how I think it should yeah, be yeah. done and yeah. the right way and, you know, do it in a way that I feel has some footing, it's secure and yeah. that works. Yeah. So for me that's, it feels, it gives me a sense of power, yeah. you know, that I'm actually influencing people that I'm that my words are, are making people think yeah. like it makes me feel it gives me a sense of fulfillment and meaning that I'm 100%. doing something meaningful and I'm helping people. Yeah, we are. Mm. Yeah, we're definitely at the, at the forefront of paving the way in, in these days. Anyway, yeah, good stuff, brother. Mm. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. It's been awesome. Nice.